ready for this? I got one thing to say. Uh... just happened to be the greatest wrestling machine alive. It's all here. What a mega matchup. Universal Wrestling Podcast. I like this kind of party, baby. It doesn't matter what your name is. If you missed last episode, like Ben Simmons misses threes, then you really missed a good one. But fortunately for you, we continue. On today's episode, we will drink beers and talk about our top four favorite matches of the lockdown era, aka the pandemic era with no fans. And then we will entertain the idea. We haven't done it in a while. We are bringing it back, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get started. Sack Daddy, how you doing, buddy? Good, man. Good. I mean, the Sixers are disappointment. You brought up Ben Simmons. What a joke yeah. he is, you know? What a joke. So how you doing? Good, man. How about yourself? I mean, just working, getting myself on the beach of my days off, enjoying there you the weather, go. you know? I'm just coming back from a week-long vacation in Nantucket. That's where we went for our mini honeymoon. I'm hoping it's only one honeymoon, but, you know, whatever happens, happens. Let's start off the show like usual. We haven't done it. We didn't do it last episode, so give me yeah, hell yeah, and let's go, baby. Crack open a cold one. Jack Daddy, what's on the menu, brother? I'm actually drinking something right in my backyard from the Hidden Sands Brewery. It's called Honey Wheat. It's a 5.5. It's a blonde ale, and uh, it's good. I mean, I'm, I'm enjoying it. You know, it's typical ale beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get me through this episode, so what are you sipping on? I'm drinking a gold-colored American blonde ale that is lightly hopped with a clean, crisp, malt character. It is called the Burrow Blonde and it's from crooked eye brewery 5.6 similar to you it's in my backyard it's really good if you live in pa if you live in jersey hell if you live in california take a drive down i-95 southbound stop at crooked eye brewery and tell them the universal wrestling podcast sent you okay sack daddy let's get into it as you may know, Hell in a Cell was the last pay-per-view with no fans. Although it was a tough time for many people around the world, the WWE did showcase some really good matches. For this segment, we will pick our top four matches of the so-called lockdown era. Sacco, why don't you lead us off with your fourth favorite match without the fans? Let me tell you before I get started, this is really, really tough to narrow yeah. down the top four. And my number four is... Number four. Finn Balor versus Kyle O'Reilly at NXT TakeOver 31. Damn. Yeah. There nope. you go. <laughs> That's my number four. Nobody knew about O'Reilly as a singles competitor. All they knew about him as, you know, the tag team. With, yeah, uh, part Adam of UE. Yeah. And uh, this was kind of his coming out moment. And he delivered. The chemistry was there. And it was it was O'Reilly's coming out part. The match was fantastic. Yeah, yeah exactly. It was, a, it was a banger. So that's my number four. I've been participating for 15 years. I'm done participating. I want the real 
prize because that that's just a reminder that's a good one man i mean any spots during the match that stick out to you or is it just an overall hell of a good match uh, overall there's never a boring night never well, jumping oh. by o'reilly o'reilly oh. locking in regal plex shoulders down title on the line Balor able to kick out at two during the yeah. match i questioned myself like what are they doing they just went at each other and yeah respect at the end you know it was just great now it's my turn. This is my fourth favorite match of the pandemic era. Number four. It was on NXT TakeOver, Stand and Deliver, Night One. Are you ready for this? Are you ready? Champa challenged Walter for the NXT UK Championship. Dude, you know me. I am a huge Walter fan. And these are the kind of matches I like. It didn't feature any weapons. No death-defying stunts. <laughs> It was just a damn good wrestling match. And if you think about it, in this type of situation, Champa is sort of like the scrappy underdog, you know? And that's, uh, you've never seen that before. And then Walter comes out. And he's just big bruiser. And it's like, holy shit. And they kicked ass. I mean, the amount of chops, the amount of clotheslines. It looked like they were fighting legitimately. And I just, I don't know, just everything about that was amazing. And again, I may be biased because I really love Walter. And I kind of dig Champa too, but. Yeah, you're right. That almost made my list, but we tried to be different. And uh, Champa is one of the superstars. You might hear me say this a lot throughout this yeah. segment. That you could put in the ring with anybody and he will deliver. And he's, it was phenomenal. Like you said, there was no weapons. It was a straight out brawl. Yeah, intense. Intense, and yeah. your, your eyes are glued to the TV, and an, a fantastic choice. I, I agree with that. Yeah, and everything they did made sense, kind of like another match that's on my uh, top four, but we'll get into that. Sacco, let's hear it. Number three, what is your third favorite match of the pandemic era? Number three. Jeff Hardy versus AJ Styles versus Sami Zayn, ladder match for the IC title at Clash of Champions. I mean, the violence was there, the ear to the ladder, the handcuffs, exactly. the bumps and everything. It was just, it stole a night, you know, they're tough, yeah. no fans. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, Styles with the phenomenal form. The fans are there, but a lot better. But yeah, that it's definitely a match of the year candidate for me. And Hell I yeah. love it. It comes in at number three. Yeah, man, that was such a good match. And then you look at it now and like, what the hell's Jeff Hardy doing? You know? Time the kid! Make yourself famous! Please get up, Undertaker, from Jeff Hardy! His body rocked the pain from head to toe! Get up, Undertaker! Again, we understand he's a veteran. He does what he needs to do. And look what he did at Clash of Champions. I mean, anything like that is a uh, hall of fame worthy. He could still put on good matches for my third favorite match. Number three is an elimination chamber match. Smackdown's elimination chamber match, starting the chamber match with Cesaro and Daniel Bryan. Cesaro and Daniel Bryan will start the winner of this match. will face Roman Reigns for the universal championship tonight. Was the best possible setup. We all thought Cesaro had a chance, but of course, the greatest underdog. Street. 
Daniel Bryan won the match. The storyline fit him better than anyone else. Let's get into it. The SmackDown Elimination Chamber match opened with a highly technical matchup between Daniel Bryan and Cesaro. The action picked up when Corbin entered the fray, muscling his way through Bryan and Cesaro. Just as it seemed, Kevin Owens was getting ahead of steam with an elimination of Sami Zayn. Jay Uso used the cage to injure KO's arm, followed by a frog splash for a shocking elimination. Of course, we're not going to go through the entire match, but the match continues. Cesaro swung Brian around by his bad leg until Jey Uso hit him with a super kick. Jey Uso nailed Cesaro with a big splash for the pin to score another elimination. And this is when it gets great because we all thought Cesaro was going to win. Jey Uso hit the splash to Daniel Bryan but failed to get the pin. He tried for a second splash. Daniel Bryan got his knees up. And then, and of course, the fake fans started chanting, yes, 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 yes. And the yes man hit the running knee for the pin and the win. I mean, it doesn't get much better than this. This was one of my favorite matches of the 2020, 2021, whatever you want to call it, pandemic era. We say this all the time. The creative writing sucks, you know? Oh my God. But dude, this was a hell of a match. I loved every second of it. And what I love the most is, you know me, I'm a really big Daniel Bryan fan, but Jey Uso got his chance to shine. And oh my God, did he ever. What do you think? This this whole storyline with Jey Uso, Roman yeah. Reigns is fantastic. And this is just another chapter. This match was the fantastic. Daniel Bryan comes out and emerges victorious. And yeah, just listen to the ending of this. about defying the odds. Daniel Bryan has earned an opportunity at Roman Reigns. So Jey Uso hits the splash to Daniel Bryan, but failed to get the pin. He tries again from the top of the pod, but Daniel Bryan gets his knees up. Then the yes man hits the running knee for the pin and the win. Elimination Chamber rises up and the big dog comes in. And the rest is history. And honest to God, I thought DB was going to win. But at the end of the night, guess who came out? Edge. That's what made it even more of a great match. Because, yeah, the Elimination Chamber match was amazing. But the next match, the championship match for the Universal title, was even better. Because you thought Daniel Bryan had a chance. Because, come on, he's the ultimate underdog. Who else? Who else is better in that situation? Like I said from the beginning. No one. And then at the end, Edge challenges not well at the at this point, he only challenged Roman Reigns, but then you know, triple threat, blah blah blah. But let's hear it, dude. Your second favorite match of the pandemic era. Number two. Once again, this could have been number one, but it's not. It comes in at number two. Kevin Owens or Seth Rollins at WrestleMania 36. 
it was the first pay-per-view without the fans, you know, mania like how's it gonna go on? Yeah, this this rivalry was red hot. Seth Rollins was in the middle of his best work as a messiah. Kevin Owens was a great face in here. It was an absolute banger off the WrestleMania sign. Joel- All right. Oh, geez. Ah! oh my god! Demolishing Seth Rollins through our. I said it again. Seth Rollins could get in the ring with me and you and put on a good. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. He's just fantastic. That's why he's so good. Yeah, and the KO was great. I mean, with no fans, they did their best to take down the house. The chemistry was unreal. The robbery was red hot. What did you say on Raw? You. We're going to be the one to burn it down at WrestleMania. Seth was in the middle of his best work, like I said. That's yeah, why yeah. it's number two. I can watch it a hundred times. Exactly, exactly. Seth freaking Rollins. I mean, he could have three kids and come back and still be as good as he is now. I mean, I don't think he lost anything when he went out for, I don't know, was it a month or two? Whatever. Yeah. I don't know exactly. But he just continues to kick ass. And it's just, you know, we're going to see it in the future. I really think he's going to be champion soon. I said it. During the draft, he was my number one overall pick on the last episode. Are you ready for my number two? Are you ready? Backlash. June 14th, 2020. Ladies and gents, this is the moment you've waited for. The following contest is scheduled for one fall. Introducing first. From St. Louis, Missouri, weighing 240 pounds, Randy Orton. From Toronto, Canada, weighing 240 pounds, Ian. Touted as the greatest wrestling match ever, Randy Orton and Edge had a lot of hype to deliver on. After their last man standing clinic at WrestleMania, which was also Edge's first match back in nine years, the Rated R Superstar and the Viper looked to settle their bad blood in a straight-up wrestling match and owed to the sport that is called professional wrestling, not sports entertainment. That's another day. That's another topic. But this match had it all. The iconic announcement from Howard Finkel, the presentation of both competitors, the Madison Square Garden mic drop from the rafters, and of course, little Nate Charles Robinson wearing some old school gear. It doesn't get much better than that. Gentlemen, as you know, this match can be won by pinfall, submission, countout, or disqualification. There will be no hair pulling, no eye gouging, no choking, and no low blows. Shake if you wish and come out wrestling. Orton and Edge traded moves, counters, borrowed different movesets from various superstars, and even exchanged each other's own signature moves. The right man went over, and I gotta say, Of course, of course, it wasn't the greatest wrestling match ever, but everything they put into it from the mic drop, from the audience, from the sound, from what they were wearing, from what they did in the ring, from the counters, from, you know, pretty much everything. Howard Finkel, God rest his soul. That was awesome. It was just really cool to see. It's got to be on my list. Edge and Randy, Edge Hall of Famer, Randy, soon to be Hall of Famer. 
Of course, was it the greatest? No, we went over this on our second or third episode. Give me your feelings on this match. Do you think it's uh, my rating rating it too high or what? No, you're missing the, the, the most important point though. You're putting it in your top five for four. And yeah. Edge and Edge got injured during this match. Yes, that's a, yes. Look at you. And, and he, oh, got, <laughs> he got injured during this. We were excited to see the trilogy, of course. Yep. And the day after we get that news, we're like, holy crap, this guy can't catch a freaking break. Yeah. And I still think we're gonna see the trilogy. No, I mean, was the greatest, like we said, was the greatest. No, match absolutely ever? No. not. But you definitely not rated it too high. I mean. Yeah, I mean it's the black, it's the pandemic error. So we're yeah, exactly. going off of that. It's definitely up there. Yeah, but yeah. I mean Edge. I mean, like I said before the show, Edge really woke up Orton. I mean, yeah, Edge came back and Orton went to another level. But Sacco, drum roll, please. Here we go. <laughs> Your number one match, the best match of the lockdown era. Of the pandemic era. Number one. Drew McIntyre versus Seth Rollins at Money in the Bank. Drew McIntyre probably was the best superstar during the pandemic era. That is a really good match. Let's hear more about it. Yeah, we uh, we didn't know what Drew was. He won the title. He had you know, at WrestleMania. We didn't know. Was he the Yeah, guy? was it a fluke? Right. Seth Rollins was the first real feud the test he had. And right now McIntyre is snapped. He's going up. 265 pounds off of the top. And down goes Rollins. Up and he is town. feeling it tonight. Come on. Yep. And he delivered. Yep. He, de- he delivered. I mean, it was Drew showed that he was ready. All right, once again, it was a banger. Yeah. <laughs> it stole the show. And uh, they knew it when they shook hands and they respected each other at the end of the match. I mean, I honestly thought Rollins should have got another opportunity. At it, but they went down a different road because it was such, yeah. it was it was that it was that good of a match. It's it's yep. my number one. Yeah, that's a really good match. I mean, any match with Seth or Drew during like I, I mean I said this over you know a couple of times. Drew McIntyre has come back to life in this WWE Championship oh, match. Oh, oh. God, and a series of overhead belly to bellies. Now McIntyre oh. with a big boot. No matter what, that's going to deliver. So. Good match. Any last words on that match before I get on to uh, my number one match? Uh, I'd like to see it down the line. It doesn't need to be a title, but I'd definitely yeah, like yeah. to see it down the line again. But we'll see yep. what happens. Yes, sir. Here we go. My number one match. Number one. Plain and simple. Roman Reigns versus Jey Uso for the Universal, wow. for the Universal Championship. Clash of Champions, September 27th, 2020. Let's get into it. A family affair. In the promo before the match, they talk about people like Rakishi, the Wild Samoans, The Rock. From the legendary Wild Samoans featuring his uncle Appa and father Sika, to titans like the great Yokozuna, the most electrifying man in all of entertainment, The Rock the fearsome Umaga and charismatic icons like Rikishi. And then Jay discussed Since the sandbox to the football field to the wrestling ring that's the main event, big dog. He used to that big spotlight. I know he gonna push it to the limit, man, because that's all he know how to do. 
guess what? I want to be a big dog too. About the sandbox, about football, about the wrestling ring. Roman Reigns is always the best. But I, Jay saying this, I am a tag team guy. I'm not supposed to be here. I'm a tag team guy. I ain't even supposed to be here. But guess what? I'm about to step my ass right in the ring of Roman Reigns and show the world what but I got. But he won't waste this opportunity. And then, of course, everything from, you know, the family and the Samoans and the this dynasty, it, it, it builds the match to be something that maybe it shouldn't be. And it delivered. I mean, come on. What do you think? I mean, this match is, it. it is, in my opinion, the match of the year, 2020. Man, I really can't argue with this because just like my fourth match, and I said Kyle O'Reilly was, you know, got shot up in the singles. This is what's happening with Jey Uso. I mean, yeah, we had no idea, no idea what they no were going to do with Jey Uso. Yeah, no idea, and it turned out to be the best storyline, best thing going right now on WWE television. Yeah. This whole feud, and I'm kind of honest. I'm looking back at my. I don't have. I don't have Roman. Roman carried through through us through dark times too, and yeah. I don't have him. But that, yeah. Jesus, you're messing but, up, bro. <laughs> I'm kidding. This match was definitely uh, outside looking in on me. Could have made my list, yeah. but I, I it was a banger because the whole storyline ahead of the yeah. table. Well, even if you look at it this way too, for me, in my opinion. When it comes to reality, when it comes to something being, you know, real personal, I know Jim Ross, my good buddy, JR, doesn't really like it because it's too personal. It's too close to family. It's too close to reality. But for me, I love it. And this, I mean, we're forgetting, dude. This is the first time Jay Uso battled for a title like this. He never battled for the WWE Championship. He never battled, obviously, for the Universal Championship. Eight phenomenal matches we just named. Exactly. And exactly. <laughs> so let's do something we haven't done in a while. Done in a while. Done in a while. Let's entertain the idea. Entertain the idea. Something's got to give him. ago on SmackDown, Big E hits the big ending on Cruz to qualify for the Money in the Bank match. On the other brand, the red brand, Kofi will go one-on-one with Bobby Lashley at the same pay-per-view. Of course, this segment is called Entertain the Idea, and as wrestling fans, we often fantasy book situations. This situation involves Big E winning the Money in the Bank briefcase and on the same night cashing it in after Bobby Lashley beats Kofi at the Money in the Bank pay-per-view. So, Sacco, let's entertain the idea. So let's say Big E wins the ladder match. How does he cash in? Or just tell me what you think just overall. What, what's going through your mind right now? That's somebody like somebody like Big E is a superstar that should win Money in the Bank, that would benefit from winning Money in the Bank. Yes. So if they go down that road, I'd be happy. I mean... It, but has I would love it actually. I it's funny that you brought that up with Kofi facing the, the whole new day thing. So I didn't even put two and two together until you just said that. That what about if Kofi won and Big E cashed in on Kofi? That would be that would be like endless storylines. You could do you could do a lot of crap if Kofi you know gets the upset win and then Big E comes down and cashes in on Kofi. Drew McIntyre is now in the picture. Two weeks ago, he went one-on-one with uh, Matt Riddle, and he lost. And then the next week, he was in a triple threat match 
AJ Styles and Matt Riddle drew one. So now he's in the mix. So entertaining the idea, what about entertaining that idea? Drew McIntyre qualifies after two weeks. Boom, he's in the match. I mean, there is so much to love about this, but then you also brought it up too. Big E, he is the kind of superstar that you want to uh, have win the Money in the Bank briefcase. Drew McIntyre, I mean, you texted me last night. Tell the people how you feel. Yeah, I'm a huge Drew fan, but he does not need to win the briefcase. He had a great year as champion. He held it down with no crowd. He was a great champion. Yes, some people out there saying he deserves a run with the fans in the the stands, which is respectable, but you don't need to put the briefcase on somebody like Drew, who's already a star-studded caliber who you could put in the main event the briefcase is to make a superstar rise their career into the main event yeah i mean and it, it's they dropped it years and years they pissed me off at the winners and uh biggie i mean still it's still a long way to go to see who definitely qualifies on smackdown side but right now biggie looks like the you know the best one to put it on yeah and, so. and i got a question for you do you think it's a waste to give it to Big E because come on, does he really need it? You know, Drew McIntyre, does he really need it? I say no, but if it's going to be anybody, it's got to be Big E. I think it's right for him. And if the reports are right, brother, Big E's going to get drafted. I mean, we did it on our last episode. I drafted Big E to Raw. I mean, does that do anything for you in regards to Big E becoming Money in the Bank? the briefcase holder or do you think hey wherever he goes he should have the briefcase because it's his time he didn't get screwed at wrestlemania because it's all a plan you push you elevate apollo cruz i've said this on every episode since wrestlemania 37 (laughs) so i I love it what do you think do you think it does it hurt anybody does it is it a waste it's a waste if you put it on Drew McIntyre. How yeah. big of a Drew a fan I am. I get it. He's not supposed to challenge Bobby Lashley again as long as Bobby's holding the title. Yeah. So they want to throw a briefcase on the mate. No, you don't need that. You don't need that. I think Drew, you're speaking of the draft. I mean, I drafted Drew yeah. and SmackDown. I think Drew needs to go different, go to a different brand. But exactly. As, as far as Big E goes, it doesn't matter. Raw, SmackDown, it, you have the briefcase on. Could you imagine the pop he would get? Oh, my God. The fans would go nuts. But, I mean, the same thing goes for Drew. Imagine the pop he gets after two weeks. You know, first week he didn't qualify. The second week he did qualify. I mean, this is written beautifully. And I know how much we dislike the creative team right now. But if you could set it up like this, I mean, it's amazing. It really is. Drew, you're never allowed to challenge Bobby again. Well, screw you. I'm going to get the briefcase, and then I'm going to make it happen. I mean, come on. You can't write that better. You're absolutely right. But he, a superstar like Drew doesn't need the briefcase. He doesn't. No, he I doesn't. agree. Because you just can put him in the, in the main event picture without the briefcase. Now, you probably could say the same thing about Big E. Well, you can put Big E in the main event picture. Yeah. Brief. No, but the briefcase will do something to Big E's career. I mean, look at Rollins. When Rollins came up, split from the shield, Bob, you know, and he got that briefcase. And that just elevated him to where he is today. And that's what I picture Big E doing. Yeah. And I get that, too. But you have to look at it this way. Drew McIntyre and Big E. One thing they have in common is the fans. They are on their sides. You know, they they are with them through thick and thin. And I just, 
I don't know. I if I could, I would I would say yes, give it the big E. But God damn it, do I want to see Drew cash it in at Money in the Bank with the fans? Because you've said it so many times on this podcast. He has done so much during the pandemic era. Give it back to him. I mean, you really can't go wrong here. Am I right? Right. You can't. I mean, yeah, you can't go wrong. But I think if they wanted to do Drew justice, they would have him as champion going into Money in the Bank with the fans. But I get understand maybe they wanted to win the title with the fans there. Yeah. I mean, it's great that we're talking about this because we have no idea. Like, yeah. And, you know, just on top of that, you got Bobby Lashley going on one on one with Kofi Kingston. I mean, there's so much. Oh, and don't forget the rated R superstar going one-on-one with Roman Reigns. I mean, we're going to predict this next episode with our buddies, the Dirty Heels. So tune in. It's going to be a great time. Sacco, any last words? No, nah, I mean, I'm all for a biggie push. I just hope they get it right this year. They don't give it to somebody like an Otis yeah, yeah, yeah. or a Lesnar. That's somebody that really could benefit from money in the bank. That's all I ask, WWE. That's all I ask. Yes, sir. Again, we appreciate it. Next episode will be the Money in the Bank prediction show. And we're going to have our buddies, the Dirty Heels, on to predict the entire card. Again, we appreciate it. Follow us on Twitter at the UW Pod and Instagram at UW Podcast. Peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Universal Wrestling Podcast. Check us out on the web at uwpod.com. You've got mail. Or send us an email. We really don't know what we're dealing with here, man. Info at uwpod.com. Universal Wrestling Podcast. Nobody does it better.